This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, designed to help you navigate the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. We're here for anyone who is interested in crypto at all. Maybe you've already dipped your toe in the water, or maybe you don't know anything at all, and this is the very beginning. But we recommend heading back to the very early episodes to get your footing. However, if you think you're ready to dive in head first, then let's do it. My name is Tracy, and I'm joined by my mates from the Bamboo app, Blake and Craig. Hey guys, how are you going today? Pretty well, Tracy. How are you? Very well. How are you going, Craig? Good. Thank you, Trace. Excellent. Good to hear. So we dropped a great interview with Ave founder, Stani Kulachov, this week. So we hope you guys really enjoyed that one. But what that means, though, is that we've got a couple of weeks' worth of really juicy crypto news to catch up on. So one thing we do know is there's never a dull moment in crypto. Even in crypto winter, there's always some exciting crypto news that's going on. About as exciting as a new season of The Boys, in fact. Hard to stomach in parts, but too good not to watch. So let's talk about a few things that we thought were interesting over the last two weeks. NFT New York City is officially over. Blake was there for some of the festivities, and from all reports, there were some great parties mixed in with quite a few duds. The Board 8 Yacht Club threw a four-day festival for the community with performers like Eminem, Lil Wayne, and Snoop Dogg. Blue chip NFT collections did really well over the week and some of the top 10 collections were actually up by around about 25% during the week. So, Blake, tell us about the vibe. How was it over there? Yeah, no, it was really great actually. The conference was around Times Square. It was huge. You know, there were tens tens of thousands of people there um, and uh, there were all sorts of events on every day. You know, what really did stick out to me, though, was that there were lots and lots of early stage startups looking at ways that they could utilize and leverage the technology to build, you know, different sorts of businesses, um, you know, and, you know, really reminded me of the 2017 ICO boom, when you had all these people looking at different ways that they can apply the technology, many of whom, um, unfortunately, won't make it through. But it's really important part of the process that, you know, people are innovating and trying to apply the the technology to real world use cases. Um, so it was great to be a part of. And, and I could probably touch on a couple of really cool startups that I saw um, that you guys might be interested in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So there was one um, guy that I ran into and he 
does pressing of vinyl music. So he actually presses the vinyls. And he's started the process of putting an NFT inside of it through an RFID tag. So when you get your collector's edition um, vinyl, you're able to scan it and it will bring up information about the artist, um, how many times it's been traded. Then when you do decide to sell it, if ever, down the track, a certain percentage of the proceeds of the sale um, of the transfer of the NFT will go back to the artist. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that is really cool. There's another project called um, Sugar Glider Digital. And it's a Sydney-based project, and they curate art for corporates. So when you know a big accounting firm, a legal firm, or a, or a state government wants to do a collection of art in their foyer, um, they would come in and, and, and do that. There's a strong um, need for digital art as well, so they're looking at ways to turn you know high, fine art and fine digital art into NFTs. Um, so then it can be rented um, by these corporates and a certain percentage of that rent automatically goes back to um, the creator, which is, um, I think, really cool. Yeah. That's why I think the digital, that's why I think the artist space and the NFTs is the one that's going to be the next kind of frontier that's, that goes big. Craig, did you get any FOMO? Are you going to head over next year? If you guys, if Bamboo pays for it. No, um, if I did get a little bit of FOMO, actually. <laughs> Um, the coolest <laughs> announcement that I saw was Pharrell Williams, who like is arguably the coolest person yeah, in the world. Cool. He's joining Doodles, which is an NFT project, but Justin Bieber loves actually Bieber. He's on the Doodle train. Um, he's joining them as a chief brand officer. So, um, that's pretty interesting. Like whatever that means, it feels like that's just a that's just a fancy title where he'll do no work. But maybe, maybe, maybe Pharrell's not as cool as we thought he was. Then I don't know. I don't know, but um, <laughs> very interesting nonetheless. And uh, Goblin Town did well, Trace from NFT New York. They had the highest growth in floor mm-hmm. price, but they also had real life tattoo stations where people were getting Goblin Town. Tattoos, and if you like, oh, want to see what this art looks like, it looks horrible. There's these ugly goblins. The goblins are horrid. I can't believe people are getting caught up in all this and yeah. getting goblin tats. But yeah, people are getting tats. Um, not sure I'd do that for my pudgy penguin, but um, <laughs> good on them. Yeah, look, I was definitely having some FOMO watching all the events that took place as well, um, especially projects like World of Women. They had Madonna come and play there and BFFs, Boss Beauties and all the other kind of female-led NFT projects. They've gone really hard with their community spaces that they run through Discord with a real emphasis on these real-life event meetups. So it was no surprise at all that their events were pretty spectacular and, you know, they were offering some of their NFT holders some amazing perks. But I heard also that the Board 8 Yacht Club, I mean, they got a little bit of kickback because there was they couldn't get – I think people had to go in the running to – go to different events. They couldn't facilitate all the people in one spot. Did you hear anything about that, Blake? No, but I did hear a few of their parties were not that great in the end. (laughs) A bit lame. Yeah, okay, you can't win them all. But moving on, big news last week, Craig's crypto coin darling Solana is building a mobile phone. That's right. This Android phone will have crypto functionality built in and they're hoping to make crypto a little more mobile friendly. The name of this ambitious project is, get this, Saga. I find that I find that really odd. So the phone is scheduled to be released in early 2023. It'll cost around $1000 and can be pre-ordered with a $100 deposit. 
So, Craig, tell me why you love this news. I love it. It sounds like it's going to be a bit of a saga, I think. Sounds like a saga to me. Always with Solana. (laughs) It's never easy with Solana. But I like it because it's the first time someone's tried it. Um, And there's going to be plenty of features like Solana Pay where you can use like an Apple Pay, pay for things. Decentralized App Store. People can build dApps on Solana. Totally decentralized, zero fees like the App Store has. Look, this could flop, but like good on them for trying. Like it's something different. Um, And they talk about this thing called SMS, which is a Solana mobile stack. And that is pretty much a software development kit where they'll incentivize developers 10 million bucks to jump on their app store and build some cool stuff. So um, let's see how it goes, but I I dig it. I think it's going to be interesting. If it was not Android... I would probably get it. Actually, I don't know if I'll get it. Do you guys reckon you'll get it? I think you'll get it. Pretty sure you're going to get it. But look, if you build it, they will come. So we shall see. But Blake, I know you've got some additional thoughts here. Yeah, I know um, there is another app store outside of um, Google and iOS um, at the app store. I think it's the third largest independent app store. And that's um, they did an ICO back in 2016 or 2017. I don't know where they ended up, but um, yeah, be, um, you know, just that idea of having a decentralized app store uh, is really interesting. And I think um, one day someone's going to nail it, um, but it is a big audacious task, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I was like saying there have been other companies in the past who've had these grand ideas of mobile phones. I was going to say, do you remember Facebook or Amazon? You know, their mobile phones went nowhere. It's a lot harder than it sounds, I think. So I personally think Solana should concentrate on perhaps getting their blockchain working a little bit more seamlessly. Uh, It's a little bit notorious for downtime at the moment. But um, let's check back early next year when Craig gets his phone and we'll give you an update on the story. Moving on, we spoke a few weeks ago about Celsius and Three Arrows Capital and this liquidity crisis. Now, these are two very big players in the crypto space who are facing pretty much extinction and possibly taking with them some user funds which are tied up in their woes. So we'll catch you up a little bit on where this has gone over the last few weeks. And now there's some pretty big players who are also caught up in this story. First, I'll mention two other companies who we haven't spoken about before who have gone down a similar path to Celsius and Three Arrows, who are kind of waiting for a bit of a miracle or a knight in shining armour to help them out. So BlockFi, these guys are an exchange that offered exceptional yields to attract users. And it looks like they've lost close to $300 in the last two years, meaning that they've had to cut around 20% of their workforce. Now, Voyager, they're also a crypto brokerage firm that's lost $650 million over the last few weeks in everything that's gone on. As people talked about these guys possibly going bankrupt, their hero did step in, and this is in the form of Sam Bankman-Fried from FTX. He gave Voyager $500 million or loaned them that uh, to save the day, or at least for now, so we'll see how that goes. Craig, do you want to um, give us your thoughts on uh, these two stories and go a little bit more specific on BlockFi and maybe Celsius? Yeah, so let's talk about BlockFi and Celsius. So those two are the big crypto banks, banks in you know quotation marks and obviously banks, but they're CFI, centralized finance platforms where people could earn a yield on their assets and also borrow from these platforms. So what um, these platforms would do is they'd lend out your assets and take a margin. And what's essentially happened is that now they've lost some of their cash and they're they're unable to honour some of their user withdrawals. 
And just like Wall Street in 2008, they may need a bailout, whether that's a buyout or a loan. Um, but, you know, unlike 2008, this isn't the government stepping in. This is the free market stepping in. Um, but, you know, have no fear. There's been plenty of people that have been rumoured to save the day. Goldman Sachs is one of them. And rumours broke that Goldman Sachs is trying to raise $2 billion with the help of other investors to buy out the assets on Celsius's balance sheet. So if Celsius were to file for bankruptcy, this would allow Goldman to swoop in, buy the assets at a massive discount. And it's all a bit of a kerfuffle. So Blake, like, what's going on with BlockFi and Sam? I've, there's a rumor that Sam might be reaching into his pocket again. Yeah, so basically what's happened is these massive platforms like BlockFi, Celsius and Voyager, all that have millions of users each, um, have been over leveraged and lending to groups like Three Arrows Capital, which was a hedge fund. Three Arrows has gone down and it looks like all of these you know, retail platforms, all these consumer platforms are, are going to um, go down with it. They're, with regards to BlockFi, last week they received an offer of a $250 million line of credit to keep the doors open from Sam from FTX. Essentially, uh, this means that there are conditions and it will allow FTX to come in and acquire the company um, for um, next to nothing, which would um, leave you know the earlier investors with the earlier equity investors into BlockFi with nothing. And BlockFi had previously raised over $500 million um, in the last two years and vaporized investor funds, which is um, extraordinary mismanagement. It's incredible that they've got to a point like this and now they need hundreds of millions more to get out of the hole that they've dug themselves. There's been a counter offer to FTX's $250 million line of credit, and that's from Morgan Creek and Anthony Pomp who were early investors into BlockFi. So they're basically trying to save their investment. So they're trying to raise $250 million, but the word is that uh, it might be challenging for them to do that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this situation plays out. But essentially what we're seeing is a massive consolidation of these um, failed companies that have over leveraged and not managed risk in the market. Yeah, and there's a lot of chatter going on on Twitter here because there's just regular people like you and me who have money caught up in Celsius that we can't access right now or in BlockFi and they're seeing all these high-level conversations going on up there and they're wondering, you know, why aren't, you know, why don't they just take the offer from FTX to get bought out and then automatically the funds are, are there and available. But, you know, here these guys are these investors that want their money to stay safe so they're trying to raise this capital. So basically... I don't agree with what's going on here because BlockFi could take FTX's offer right now, which which would immediately give BlockFi funds to pay back their users. So, but what they're doing is they're not taking the offer, and all the original shareholders, which is Morgan Creek and Anthony Pomp, they're trying to go off and raise the money on their own. It's taking longer and longer and longer. They may not get the money. Um, and they're not taking that money from FTX. So what they're trying to do at the moment is put the shareholders' interests over the users' interests. Do you see what I'm saying? You know, they could take the money now from FTX, they could get out of the trouble that they're in, um, unfreeze the assets and give it back to their users, but they're not. They're freaking out because all these early investors into BlockFi, the shareholders, don't want to take the deal. So, mm. Yeah. They are effectively putting the shareholders' interests over users. Yeah, it's probably just 
worth pointing out and emphasizing in a little bit more detail the cause or one of the key causes um, for all of these companies, um, you know, ha- having these issues. And it's this hedge fund, um, Three Arrows Capital, that they all lent money to. And they are about to go into liquidation. I think word was they had between $20 billion and $28 billion assets under management. The last I heard that there's been a court ruling in the British Virgin Islands to for um, receivers to go into their business and liquidate assets to repay their creditors. Uh, this is a massive deal and it's you know, going to affect everyone in the sector. But at the same time, I think it's going to build a more robust sector moving forward because so many groups won't have so much exposure to one um, one company. Yeah, so interesting to see how this all plays out and we'll keep you in the loop as it develops each week. With that, let's take a break and when we come back, we'll talk Shopify and a new metaverse. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast. On to Shopify, who's getting a little more crypto-fied. They are offering their 1.7 million merchants some new crypto features. Shopify are releasing something called token-gated stores. Basically, you can make a store that requires an NFT to enter. Holders will get access to exclusive merchandise and events. There will also be NFT minting. Shopify brands can mint custom NFTs to list and sell rights from their stores. They can use blockchains like Ethereum, Polygon, Solana and Flow to create their NFTs. Now, I think this is actually a smart play from Shopify boys because they're they're obviously after a new segment of the market. You know, there's a lot of artists out there who are looking to enter the NFT space and they're wondering where they're going to sell their, you know, their their art. So now they'll be able to use Spotify as a one-stop shop to do so because they can actually get things minted through here. So what are your thoughts here, Craig? Yeah, well, it's not uncommon for NFT collections to have exclusive merch, but there's really been no one that's you know taken over that space yet, like as a provider. And Shopify obviously makes the most sense; they're the biggest e-commerce platform, so they're moving into this space. But um, the one thing that excites me the most is the event side of things. You know, be able to mint on the Shopify platforms. You know, we've spoken about it before: concert tickets being NFTs in the past. So this seems like a really cool on-ramp. We might hopefully get to a stage where, you know, Splendor releases will be on Shopify and there'll be NFTs and you'll be able to resell 
back onto Shopify again. So, um, yeah, I love it. It's great. Probably just unboxing that a little bit further and projecting into the future. Maybe one day we simply have a MetaMask wallet on our phones and um, we use that to store all our identification as NFTs, our movie tickets and passes and train passes, as well as our um, different currencies um, that we use for different purposes in the, you know, in the ecosystem. So um, definitely, I think uh, that's the direction the technology is uh, heading in. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. But they have so many different merchants. I hadn't even thought about that ticketing side of things, Craig. I wonder if they've got the capability to handle that much in one go, I suppose, it's Shopify, they mm, would do. I'm sure they're looking at it. Yeah, but I definitely think they're going for the artist play because that's where it's kind of coming to life at the moment. I mean, we're definitely in a bit of a um, NFT slump right now, but that's the, the traditional NFTs that we've seen over the last few years. But I really think that art side of things is moving up and taking hold and this is where Shopify might really kind of take hold and get a bit of market share here. So, yeah, interesting. On to our next story. A very ambitious 100 million metaverse R&D hub is being built in Melbourne. So Thailand-based metaverse startup Translucia Global Innovation has partnered with Australian software development firm Tubals and set aside an initial budget of 100 million to build a metaverse research and development centre here in Melbourne. Tubal's founder, James Kane, said that they were designing a whole new world, but went on to say that they'd be a notable difference to the other metaverses out there like Decentraland and Sandbox. They wanted Translucent Metaverse to be a bit more committed to things like sustainability and be more people-friendly, in his words. He's called out a lot of other metaverses as he goes on to talk about, you know, profiteering and opportunism, where in his new metaverse they'd be envisaging a strong central vision around putting people before coins, uh, putting people before profit and putting environmental concerns before profit also. So, Blake, is this a bit of marketing spin because it sounds it sounds a little bit that way to me or is this a space out there in a metaverse that needs filling? Is what, What's this all about, do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. I haven't deep dived into it. But, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, how many metaverses are we going to have? You know, there's already a massive industry of gaming that, you know, produce games for billions of people. Um, and it's hard to see um, how many of these platforms are going to be dominant. You know, just being at uh, NFT NYC, there's just so many people trying to build these metaverses. And um, it's going to consolidate up. Um, they're going to get acquired or they're going to fail. Um, but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to to follow the story on this one, regardless. Do you think that that's why they've kind of tried to you know teeter a bit to the side and go for this environmental concern edge on it? What do you think, Craig? Oh, yes and no. I think you know they're probably just trying to find their value proposition. Like, what does that even mean? Environmental concerns before profit. Like, they're all building on the same thing. They're all going to be building on a blockchain, regardless. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it sounds like a yeah. I don't know. Well, there you go on that one. We all think that that could just be a bit of marketing spin, but we'll see where it goes. We've been wrong before, so let's keep an eye on that one. Okay, now to some short, sharp grabs of news to round out 
the last week or two break, you can go shotgun on this one. Go for it. Yeah, so Magic Eden, a Solana-focused NFT marketplace, has raised $130 million for their Series B, which is great to see that good projects are still getting funded. Um, they've been growing at an insane rate, and they've even been outperforming OpenSea lately. So the startup now carries a $1.6 billion valuation, which is um, pretty impressive. Aussie home and grown, might I add. Um, SBF, founder of FTX, the rumors are hot and heavy about FTX buying Robinhood at the moment, and he's released a statement that pretty much says there's no active M&A conversations, but he is excited by the product, but FTX would dominate the game if they bought Robinhood, and I'm very keen to see if they will. Um, I think they will eventually, but um, we'll have to just wait and see. Crypto exchange Binance signed up-and-coming football player Cristiano Ronaldo. He's virtually unknown at the moment, but Binance teamed up and must have seen something in him and have high hopes that his face will enhance the brand. We wish them all the very best. Good to see up-and-coming Portugal football players get involved. Um, yesterday, the play-to-earn game actually finally returned and players were able to make deposits and withdrawals from the game. The game was hacked for like 600 mil in March and has been frozen ever since. The Axie team has since beefed up security and recovered user funds, but I think the damage may have been done. And I do have an update on my Axie players. They are becoming increasingly harder to motivate to play. They don't really want to play anymore. The SLP price has plummeted 99%. And my investment into the fairies and the team is pretty much now 99% down. Just for the first time, listeners, this Axie game that we've just mentioned, we'll explain to the listeners you paid for some players over in, um, where, where were they, in, in the Philippines that play this game for you and for the for the, for the the smooth love potion token? That's right, yeah. I had five players. They'll, yeah, they are playing Axie. They are making SLP tokens and... Um, It's not that bad. I had five. You know, my friend had 50. I wonder how they're going. But um, now it's, yeah, they're pretty much not worth anything. So you got to try these things. You gotta, you gotta, gotta give these things a go. Exactly right. And on that, we'll leave it there for today. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, we love hearing your feedback. Please keep sending the emails through to podcast at getbamboo.io and follow us on social media. The Facebook community is growing and we love seeing new faces in there, so please find us on that one. And make sure you hit the follow button whenever you're listening to us like right now so you don't miss an episode and get notified whenever we release a new one. We'd also love for you to share this podcast with your friends and family. We know there's a lot of crypto-curious people out there and while this bear market is happening or this crypto winter is happening, it's the best time to really understand what crypto is all about and educate yourself and those around you. So please maybe send a copy of this uh, episode link to some of your mates out there. Don't forget to rate and review us in your podcast app. So thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Bye. See you later. Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. 
Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.